For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcast. A lot of local stories of interest to us this morning. Besborough leads on the front of this morning's Echo. It's also carried uh, in the Examiner with there's been renewed calls now for the state, according to the Echo this morning, to actually acquire the lands at Besborough. And one way to do it was would be a compulsory purchase order. Uh, the reason it's back in the news is that MWB2 Limited has applied for planning permission. This isn't the first planning permission for the site, incidentally, but the latest planning permission is for a 92-unit residential development at Besborough. That would be like 43 one-bedroom units, 32-bedroom units, and 18 three-bedroom units. These would be, I guess, houses, uh, apartments, and, and what have you. A creche, parking facilities, bike storage, stuff like that. And, of course, the back story is that uh, Besborough... Uh, from 1922 to 1998, the Sacred Heart uh, ran a mother and baby home in Besborough, as we know. Now, the unanswered question is, where are the 859 babies that died? Where are they buried? They are unaccounted for. Where are they? Uh, and, of course, much of that site has come in for uh, a lot of speculation because there's a very old planning map, very, very old, that marked, that's marked as baby's burial plot. So there's been calls now uh, for the states to uh, uh, compulsorily purchase the site and leave it as it is, as a memorial, uh, and I suppose as a graveyard, if you like, uh, to the babies themselves. And Maureen Considine of the Cork Survivors and Supporters Alliance uh, believes that um, no development and no planning permission should be considered until the children's burial ground is under public ownership. And I think, with, with, and this isn't making the papers this morning, but first it needs to be identified and located 100% beyond any shadow of a doubt. That's the lead story making this morning's echo. Um, oh my God, yet another uh, knife robbery and yet another post office. I mean, we had the post office robbery on the South Douglas Road, uh, where some character went in all masked up, took a customer hostage, put a knife to the customer's throat. It wasn't too long after that, of course, that we had somebody going with a Stanley knife into the Briar Rose on the Douglas Road. And this morning, uh, the story is from Ballantemple, and we reported on this ourselves uh, online last night. The Echo has it today. A man armed with a knife made off with a sum of cash from a robbery. They're saying um, a business premises in Ballantemple, around about just before midday yesterday, armed with a knife, left the premises with a small amount of cash. No injuries, thankfully, but no arrests either, not just yet. But uh, I can confirm that it was the post office in Ballantemple and Cork. Bio pick up on the story online this morning because they say the hunt is on now for whoever that was. Are the two connected? I have absolutely no idea. But certainly the guards were alerted just before midday yesterday to the post office in Ballantemple. A man armed with a knife on the premises. Uh, the guards are saying they have an appeal out now for information to try and track him down. And they want anybody that might be able to help in any way, shape or form. See anything suspicious? This guy could have been knock- knocking around yesterday morning at some stage, casing the joint. Anybody with dash cam footage or anything like that should get in touch with any guard station, with Anglesey Street in particular, on 452 2000. 452 2000. Papers also this morning locally talk of St. Mary of the, Maria the, the St. Marie of the Isles Primary School in Cork. They had, up until recently, um, a school dinner program, a meal program, but apparently their provider, their supplier, can no longer support it. And I suppose to some extent it might even be an appeal for another company to come in and take over 
the provision of school meals for the children because we're heading into winter most important time where you need lots and lots of sustenance and good nutrition to get across the winter time and then there's the story of a teenager in the examiner it's a cork story it's a 19 year old who was being used as a money mule they found 91,000 euro in his bank account and the backstory to this from Liam Healan's court report is the 19 year old money mule had 91 grand diverted to his bank account in Cork and he was then taken to Dublin by the criminal organisation uh, to withdraw 65 grand over, of it over a three-day period. You know, withdrawals over a three-day period. So that was before the court. The 91 grand landed in his Bank of Ireland account in Cork. Now, I don't have the time to go into the entire backstory, but it's another example of money laundering and using other people's bank accounts. In this case, a 19-year-old. Now, um, the uh, solicitors and barristers involved, uh, imagine this could well have been his own, said the accused was young, the accused was naive, wasn't a member of any organised crime group, and that what he did was under threat. So the judge said she'd give him a chance to prove that he was no longer getting into difficulties and won't sentence him until February of next year. But what's in it for the mules? Do they get a kind of percentage or commission or what? Or is it just by virtue of the fact that they are threatened and, they, and the, 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 they're just so afraid that they allow this? Is there anything in it for them? And, and of course, things involving money, don't panic just yet. We announced last night online that KC's uh, and Tommy, Tommy Barker was the first to break it, the property editor, the examiner. Um, KC's is for sale, but um, it's all right. They're not going anywhere, not anytime soon. Part of the story is that, it, you know, OK, it's for sale, but KC's and the family behind it, the Crawfords, might even be up to a partnership going forward. So more on that in a few minutes' time. But the for sale price is $2 million, which means that um, that's an incredibly successful business. And, of course, everybody knows the KCQ, uh, and I see it regularly because I'm a resident of the, the Douglas area, and the food is just to die for. Uh, and generations of people, of course, have loved to queue, loved to queue, and then they get their food. It could be the Creole, it could be the fantastic meat patties that they do. I particularly love the chili beans, but they have a particular style and a fantastic menu of food that's all their own. They've made it exclusively their own. Now, 1958 when it was founded, KC and Son, and now it's KC and Son and Sons. So it's a very, very old chipper, not the oldest, incidentally. Jackie Lennox's in Barrick Street has been trading since 1951. And Tommy Barker's story makes the front of the examiner this morning. More on that in a few minutes' time. But uh, if you drive and you use toll roads, the M50, or indeed any of the toll roads, including the the Watergrass Hill one, uh, like everything else, they're going up in January. Now, the toll road, the M50, is ridiculously expensive. It was expensive anyway. So that'll go up again. So the new pricing of the M50 will go uh, from 210 to 230. Uh, and then, confusingly, for drivers captured on video going through the barrier-free toll, fares will jump from 270 to 290. So their increases. But can somebody please explain this to me? Unregistered cars will be charged three will go up 350 from 320. Well, what's the difference? Like I thought you just captured on the camera. But closer to home, then, under the same changes and price increases, the cost of using all the other toll roads, including our own will go up as well uh, from 2.10 to 2.30 uh, for those using tags, for two se- from 2.70 to 2.90 on the toll on the M50. But the tolls for the private ones, like say, for instance, Watergrass Hill, will go up depending on which one I'm talking about, but anywhere between 10 and 20 cent. 
So I'm not sure what would apply, say, for instance, to Watergrass Hill, whether it would be a 10 cent or a 20 cent increase. But it's an example of everything just going one way, and that's north, including hospital admissions, particularly amongst the over 75s. This happens every single year. And I suppose it's a warning that hospital admissions will continue to soar across the winter for the over 75-year-olds. It's a story making the, the mail. And, and you know, um, talking about other things going up, at least there's some... Uh, recognition that people are underpaid and those that are hovering around minimum wage need more wage increases. Now, employers, uh, of course, are the ones that have to pay the increases. But according to Leo Varadkar this morning in The Sun, there will be four annual minimum wage hikes. There will be one every year. And they say that by 2023, as an example, next year, it will be 13.10 and will continue to rise then year in, year out. Not quite sure by what amounts, but that's part of the programme for government. And you heard in the news this morning uh, with regards to trains and train stations, uh, there's a story in The Independent today of a man uh, in charge of a child in a buggy apparently was so drunk that he fell onto the rail tracks at the station in County Kildare. Now, he was arrested by guards because Gardaí were there at the time. Uh, they were there, again, you know, for all the wrong reasons, as the fellow says, monitoring and trying to sort out antisocial behaviour on the train network. And they came across this fellow. So the child didn't fall uh, onto the tracks. He did. So the child was uninjured. But he was taken away to Kildare Garda Station and the child was taken into the protection of Tusla. Isn't it very sad that somebody's life would unravel like that. And um, we apparently are not welcome in Russia, or at least um, the equivalent to a deck of cards. Seamus was wondering this morning whether the Kremlin had a deck of cards, 52 cards, with a photograph of an Irish politician on each of them. But Vlad, Vlad the Lad has banned 52 Irish politicians from entering his country, claiming that um, you know the Irish government is anti-Russian. And I see Billy Kelleher very fast out of the blocks this morning is saying, well, we need to push back and expel the, expel the Russian ambassador. The expulsion as a reaction to the 52 Irish politicians kick out the ambassador. And the headline in the mirror this morning says uh, that uh, the world's biggest baby wants his old job back. Of whom am I speaking? If you said Donald Trump, you'd be right. The world's biggest baby wants his job back. And apparently they go down to Doonbeg and ask the people of Doonbeg what they feel about it. And also, for those of you who like a bit of trivia, it was on this day in 1973 that Richard Nixon, Tricky Dicky, said the immortal words, I am not a crook. I am not a crook. And then when you look at airport security, there was an airport worker round about Halloween decided that she wanted to go to work and dress up as uh, Tomb Raider Laura Croft. So off to work she goes with her bag and in the bag she's got the Laura Croft suit and two replica pistols and a fake shotgun. She puts them up on the high-tech scanner at Terminal 2 and the scanner and the staff missed it. Nobody noticed it. Very, very worrying. Funny story in one way, but very serious in another. I'm wondering if there are people listening to me who inadvertently got things through the scanner that they never, ever should have. I know we know of the stuff they stop you with, and sometimes you roll your eyes to heaven and say, for God's sake, what's the problem with that? Perfume and thing, but they don't know what's in the bottle of perfume, I suppose. Uh, but anyway, uh, anybody ever get stuff through inadvertently now, not intentionally, through a scanner that should have been picked up? And um, with regards to soccer, there's a lot regarding uh, the World Cup. Apparently, those that are going to matches won't be able to have a bev, and apparently, it will be draft Budweiser until three hours after kickoff. 
so having a few pints before or during a match, well, they don't seem to want any of that. And they're paying €370 a day now, fans who are either there or going to Qatar, to stay in sweltering hot cabins um, that has air conditioning that just can't cope with the heat. £370 a day. You want to be a serious soccer fan, wouldn't you? And serious soccer fans have voted, apparently. Ladbrokes have just finished a poll asking Ireland's favourite football star. And it's Roy Keane. Uh, Roy Keane has been voted Ireland's top football player of all time. In second place, Mick McCarthy, and in third place, Roy. Uh, sorry, in third place, Robbie Keane. So uh, there are other stories in the paper. Some of them are quite lighthearted, but one other very just fast uh, sports-related story. I saw a photograph of this guy. I don't know whether you know the story of the Chinese grandfather who ran the marathon in under three and a half hours, despite the fact that he's a chain smoker and he chained smoked one fag after the next one after the next, for the entire marathon. 50-year-old Uncle Chen completed the Chinese marathon, chain-smoking the entire way. Not to be recommended, but a bit of comic relief at the same time. The Neil Prenderville Show on Courts Red FM. Two-time gold winner at the Imro Radio Awards 2022. Lines open, you can text 0868104106, pick up the phone on 0818104106 to that story that broke on Leaside last night. And of course, everybody knows of KC's in Douglas, and I see it regularly, the queues. I often think that the queue in KC's is a serious social hub, and I would imagine that there are people listening to me who met their partner or fell in love in the queue in KC's. I might come up with a nice little prize this morning, see if we can find somebody who did fall in love in the queue in KC's. Um, I can tell you, without fear of contradiction, that KC's isn't going anywhere, but there might be a little bit of shuffling because it's on the market. And I'm joined by Josh Crawford, KC son and sons. Uh, not quite sure which generation of the Crawfords, but we'll find out. Josh, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you doing? Thank you so much for taking the call. I, I know that you've been blinded by people and, and this was, you know, you, were, you weren't expecting this announcement, but it's out there, so it's better off to deal with it front and centre. Where, where, where do you come in in the, in the Crawford tribe, do you mind me asking? I'm one of the sons, so my father is the son. That's Wesley Crawford, who I, I think you've spoken to before in the I past. I did, yeah, yeah, I did. And yeah. My, it was my grandfather was the KC, so he was Ken Crawford. And was it Ken, the first Crawford, your grandfather, that opened KC's first or your dad? It was Ken. Um, it was in 1958. He opened it with his wife, Edith. And there's um, some very, very old ads from the Echo adverts, you know, tiny little ones announcing the opening of KC's. I'm sure you've seen them. Yeah, yeah, we have. Um, we used to actually have a big board full of all old clippings up in the shop, but... Um, yeah, I remember those. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll talk about the history and the incredible success of it. But let's just deal with this front on. Businesses for sale, they've put a price tag of two million. Is, is that right? Um, I'm not willing to comment on any of the information um, from the examiner article. Um, they do have some things wrong, but as I say, it's, it's no comment on my part. Um, all I want to clarify is that we're not closing as a business. No, um, we're still no, here. no. We're going nowhere. Um, we're simply just testing the market, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. And any potential buyer, um, they'd have a lot on their plate, really. I mean, they'd have to have the same ethos as us to begin with. So it's a lot of hard work. And also, they we are unwilling to sell um, unless they take on our staff um, on the same terms as they're employed at the moment. So no loss of staff. 
Um, but anyway, this may never happen. May um, never happen. Test, yeah, yeah. Testing oh, it out. Testing the market is what we're going to say. Testing the market. So there would be like maybe up to up to ten staff, and you're saying they would need to have their jobs protected, and also uh, well, it's be, more than that. Um, is there behind the scenes? Is quite. We've got about twenty two, twenty four, maybe altogether. Um, yeah. So what, what you actually see behind the counter is kind of the tip of the iceberg here. Um, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes in terms of quite involved prep work. Um, like for instance, I've been here since five this morning doing work. Um, so it's, it's a lot, a lot happening. Okay. Let, let, let's, let's just look then at how the menu and the offerings in KC's changed over the years or did they change it? I mean, was there a time when there was no, say for instance, you know, the, the KC stamp of, of, of the Creole, the standard bearer King Creole, was it just a regular fish and chip shop with a couple of burgers way back along? It was, yeah. It was indeed. It was very traditional when it first opened. Um, it was mostly my father when he took over um, at quite a young age um, who started innovating and started trying out new ideas. So he would, he'd be responsible for just various pita breads um, and sort of the kind of fancier items that are on the menu now um, because he's, he's just one of those kind of people. He's a very creative mind. Um, he never stops trying out new ideas. And over the years, then, it developed into what it is today, just hugely popular with all ages, but particularly with a younger set. Isn't that right? That's what I see in the queue. Definitely. Um, one of the other sons, so my brother, Zach, he's, he's got a great mind for, for graphic design, for capturing people's imagination in terms of posters and things like that. And I think it really does appeal very much to the younger generation. Um, he's able to speak to them very well. So he's, he's brought that. Um, set of skills to it as well. So yeah. the combination of um, the three of us works quite well in terms of what we bring to the table. Yeah. What are the like? What are the big big sellers? Is it the Creole? Is it uh, the pitiful poultry? The Philly steak? Is there anyone you know the Kansas City pitiful? Anyone that stands out? The Creole definitely uh, flies out. There's th- thousands of those go out a week. Um, uh, yeah. The, we do a, a pork one called the Kansas barbecue, which requires a lot of work behind the scenes again and that I think pays off because it's very popular um, yeah but I mean the poultry was the first one that was that was the first foray into pita breads that my, my father came up with so, so that's the pineapple the peppers the garlic mayo chips yeah. lettuce all wrapped up in a pit that sounds delicious exactly yeah <laughs> um, I, think, I think it was inspired by a Greek holiday he had at some stage where he ate something similar on a beach somewhere yeah and he, he kind of brought it back with him it's kind of a brave move to go when he did kind of start moving away from the traditional chip shop, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's worked. It's worked for us. It, it seems to appeal to it, to quite a lot of people who we're, we're incredibly grateful for. Without um, a doubt, yeah, yeah, yeah. Flaming but, Pig in the Spuds. Who comes up with the names? That was, again, my father. Um, that was another one of his inventions. Um, yeah, as I say, he's got, he's got an amazing imagination and... Um, sort of a constant zest for creativity. I have to tell you that one of my all-time favourites is the meat pate and the other one are oh, the, yeah. is the chilli beans. At one stage, I don't know if you can still buy the meat pate in supermarkets. Remember there was a time, can you still do that or is it still on the market? No, no, we, we used to, yeah, we used to um, industrially um, make those in a, in a premises we had down in Passage West. Um, but as the as the chip shop got busier and busier, we just couldn't do both. I miss that because I used to buy them uh, a set of six. 
Rewrapped set of six. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that was my grandmother's invention. Either, <laughs> um, yeah, she came up with that. Minced beef, mashed potato, onion, fried and batter. <laughs> Gorgeous. Can't beat it, really. I mean, like I, I know that you're just testing the water, as you say. But were something to happen, she, there there would be some kind of a, a protection order on the menu, wouldn't there? Of course, yeah, yeah. Did you um, ever did you ever think about scaling up though? Uh, or would franchises work, or was it ever thought about? Um, we have thought about it, but it's just I think the the involvement of the family, hands on, kind of on the coal face, is one of the things that makes it work as a business. So it's hard to replicate that um, in a franchise setting. Um, yeah, so it's we we struggled to. It would be difficult it would to control the quality. You're saying, or it's ex- it only so, works yeah. exclusively in a one-off. Um, it seems to anyway um, for us anyway, in, in terms of our limited ambitions as a family, um, it seems to to work grand as it is. You know? Yeah, yeah. Why change it? So what would it? So you say you're there since five a.m. What's a typical day like then with a five a.m. Um, start? There's all sorts of things going on. There's the deliveries coming in very early from our various suppliers. Um, I mean, I, I mean, as a f- like managers, we try to be as hands-on as possible. So, I mean, I'll, I'll be cleaning. Um, there's a lot of sauces being made, onions being peeled, potatoes obviously being peeled. It's it's just non-stop really, right until we close. Then at eleven at night, when the night uh, staff come in about sort of three o'clock in the afternoon, and they bring us through to eleven. But how do you cope then in such a tiny square footage? It's very, very small. It is, yeah. It's, um, I mean, people get used to it. I think initially when, when new staff start, it's, it's a bit of a challenge, but everybody seems to, to get on fine and they work around it. Um, yeah, yeah, people in the queue is very patient too, isn't it? Those in the queue. Are, yeah. uh, do you ever hear stories of people falling in love or a bit of flirting going on in the queue or relationships starting in the queue? I've not heard that myself, but yeah, other, other people have talked about it, all right. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't know of any examples off, off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah, I bet you they have done over the half century or so, you know? You'd think so, yeah. It is a, it is kind of a social experience, isn't it? And in the queue. Do, do you ever, did you ever do, do a count, say, on a weekly basis as to how many, as an example, pitas you go through? Um, my father's very good at that. I'm not so good at it. The ordering. It would be yeah. thousands and thousands. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, but, but, I mean, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we'll stick with the thousands and thousands. And, and then say, for instance, the chicken and, and the beef and the pork and the fish. Where, where, is that, that's all local? Um, the, at the moment, the chicken, unfortunately, isn't just because it's skyrocketed in price. I know. Because of what's, yeah. what's happening in the Ukraine. Yeah. But yes, our beef and our pork and fish are all sourced locally, yep. I think it's Bresnan's, I think, isn't it, for a lot of the beef? Yeah, yeah. exactly. He, he was actually literally just in the door a second ago. Okay, okay. Um, and I'm, prob- but, uh, I'm probably holding you up from getting everything ready for the day ahead. Wouldn't it be fantastic? I don't know whether anybody would have thought of doing a day in the life of KC's, a TV documentary on it, behind the scenes, <laughs> front and back. Wouldn't it be incredibly interesting? Yeah, it would, actually, yeah. I'm not sure if I would want to watch myself on the television, but... Um, <laughs> Stick to what you do best then, I suppose, Josh, right? That's it, yeah. All right. Well, listen, I'm obliged to you for taking the call. Uh, KC's not going anywhere, uh, testing the water. We we know of a price tag, but who knows what's going to happen in the next chapter. Isn't that the case? Exactly, yeah. 
uh, the adventure continues. All right, my man. Well, I'll let you get on with the adventure. And um, thanks so much. Just as, as a final thought on this, I, for my 50th birthday, I had the most incredible thing. Rather than going out to dinner or cooking huge amounts of food, I knew nothing about it. My wife decided that she would get, I think it was about maybe 40 or 50 people at it. She got 50 um, Casey's takeaways. I think it was something like uh, 25 fish and chips and 25 cheeseburgers and chips. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> it was the best birthday I ever had. So thank you for that. Oh, very good. That's nice to hear. Cheers, Josh. Take care. Thanks for that. Have a good day. Good luck to you. Regards to the family and all of the staff. Josh Crawford from KC and Son and Sons. So we'll watch this space for details. The Neil Prenderville Show. Cork's number one talk show. Pure Cork. On Red FM. So all the rest of it is speculation and rumour and all sorts of different stories doing the rounds with regards to KC's, but that's what we know from the horse's mouth, if you like, or from the it has mouth. We'll have to wait and see what happens next. Text 0868104106. Listen, just a quick, uh, just a quick shout out to Kean O'Neill. He's a wheelchair user and he's also a wheelchair thrower. And himself and nine others in their chairs are going to Portugal on the twenty third uh, to the wheelchair and amputee sports world games in Portugal. They'll be competing in track and field events in their chairs. And uh, Kean himself will be competing in javelin and discus. He's a serious thrower. He says it's all self-funded. They have a donation page set up for the team. And he was asking me to give it a mention for the donation page on the air to make a few bob for him. He's a Balafi handman, he says. Problem is, Kean, I don't have details of how people can find the page on I Donate. So a fast text on that, pal. And I'll get that job done for you. Text uh, 0868104106. And also, um, are politicians listening? Do you think they're listening? You know how politicians only know the smell of fresh paint if they're ever going anywhere, or opening anything, or inspecting, or visiting. Uh, certainly, whenever they go to the A and D at the CUH, or indeed any hospital, or do a walk around the hospital, everything is pristine, perfect, and working. I got a very, and I'm troubled by this um, uh, email. Uh, from uh, a resident of Edel House. She says, I heard your conversation recently on whether our politicians are listening or whether they're totally blinkered. I can tell you that they are blinkered. I'm a resident of Edel House. Last weekend, on his visit, we were told by management that we couldn't approach on Taoiseach and we must not ask him questions. He stayed 10 minutes, got his photograph taken and left. Before leaving, he said he knew what we were going through and that the government are doing their best to help. I'm almost 10 years on the housing list and still nothing, and here in Edel House I've been for over a year. The accommodation is great. It's a nice place here. The people are lovely. I'd love to come on and talk, but I fear I'd be sanctioned and I'd lose my spot here with my child if I were identified as being criticising anything. Hope you get to read this out. Well, I'm happy to read it out because uh, I believe what you're saying. Um, why wouldn't I? Um, in for the photo op, in for the handshakes, and gone. But it's very disturbing that um, Edel House or someone in management in Edel House said to the people living there, rearing children there, you must not approach on Taoiseach and you must not ask him questions. It sounds like as if you're a stage prop or you're playing some kind of a walk-on silent part. Yeah, so that is disturbing, um, you know. And also, even more disturbing, that he would say that he knows what you're going through. How would anybody know what you're going through unless they walk in your shoes? Walk in the shoes of local businesses, lads. And this is from Janice. I'm a former business owner. After closing my store a few years ago due to spiralling costs, 
I can't even imagine what it's like to be for businesses open still. I was a member of the Cork Business Association, who you spoke with yesterday. But in my mind, the organisation is spineless and afraid to stand up to City Council. Instead of fighting on behalf of the members, many of the officials are in it for the fame, the glory and the love of the photo opportunities. It's time the Cork Business Association grew a pair of you-know-what and took on City Hall front on. Kind regards, Janice. Um, And she also says, imagine if she were still in business. She closed the business some years ago because of the spiralling costs. And of course, they're hit with a 3.8% rate hike, um, which it seems as if they're going to take lying down. But what else can they do? Speaking uh, of lying down, I was thinking last week of the uh, life and times of Catherine O'Leary. You remember Catherine O'Leary during surgery, uh, things went all wrong. And she, since 2008, has been living with locked-in syndrome. And it's a story that we kept an eye on for many years. But I have to say, not in more recent years. And I was thinking about Catherine last week, wondering how was she? How were the family? Um, Spoke on numerous occasions to her dad, Pat O'Leary, on air. And I thought it'd be a good time just to check in again. Now, bear in mind that Catherine, since then, can only communicate by blinking, or at least that's the way it was when I spoke to Pat last. He joins me by phone. Pat, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. It's been a while. I've been remiss for not staying in touch with you more, and my apologies for that. How is Catherine? Oh, that's, that's, that's fine. Absolutely. Catherine is fine, actually, Neil. She's, uh, you know, she's diagnosed now, Neil, as being in a vegetative state. So, so is there is there no change or a change for the worse? No, no, no change, no change. She she's still the same as she was. It's it's nearly fifteen years ago, Neil. Fifteen years in the bed, only it's still fifteen yeah, years. Only communicating yeah. by series of different blinking, is it? Just just different blinking, yeah. But and uh, like. Uh, in, in the courts, Neil, she was uh, just diagnosed with uh, in a vegetative state. Okay, just to re- recap, it what, what no dif- it makes it, that makes no difference, Neil. She's still the same to us as she Absolutely. was. Absolutely, no. I was just wondering whether any changes. You know what I'm saying? What what happened? No, no. What happened in 2008? Just remind people. Oh, when she was she was misdiagnosed, Neil, with a brain tumor, and then they operated. Uh, and unfortunately, it it was it had gone on for a couple of years, so the tumor had grown, and uh, so when by the time she got to surgery, it it was too big. The actual tumor yeah. was on her brainstem, yeah. Yeah. and it, when she was operated, and then Neil, uh, she was totally paralyzed from the neck down. She suffered uh, strokes and paralysis and thereafter, didn't she? Yeah, she did actually. Uh, yeah. And if you can remember, then Neil, do you remember we fought to get her to rehab in London? I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, things didn't go the way they should have gone. But anyway, look, uh, that led to permanent brain yeah. damage, wasn't it? Oh yeah, permanent brain yeah. damage. Yeah. You then went on to sue the uh, HSC, didn't you, for negligence? And uh, there was yeah, an, right, an right. award then yeah. for her ongoing co- her ongoing care. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but so, it, I but, mean, that yeah. ran out uh, some years ago, Neil. So then we had to go back into court, and yes, we we have uh, a settlement now. Uh, 
uh, of a, there's a care company that look after Catherine. They supply the staff and nurses and uh, the HSE then in, in turn pays the care company, you know? I gotcha. Yeah, I know. I know. The The settlement of two and a half million wasn't long running out considering that you were doing everything yourself. Me, sure. And the house, and there was, there was huge adaptation, of course, needed uh, for yeah, her care. Yeah. And now there's a care company has taken that over, but you still have a very, very prominent role, right? Everything, Neil. Uh, so from her tracky, I have to change uh, for breathing. So I, I, I trained in the South Infirmary, Neil, to do most things, right? Uh, so I change her tracky, uh, I change her peg feed, and superpubic catheter. I change that as well. Mm. So we don't have no hospital trips, you know, which would be detrimental for her, really, because of the way things are at the moment in the hospitals, you know. And how do you think she's bearing up? You say she's doing really well. Uh, talk talk well, a little Neil, bit about communicating with her. Well, there's not much communication, Neil. She, you know, she'll smile. We have photographs up over on the ceiling and she looks at the photographs of her son and her no, she's got two two grandsons. So, you know, we have all them photographs up. Uh, you should be scanning them. And, you know, we don't really know, Neil, whether she can see them or whether she's smiling at them. We, we don't know. But, you know, we keep her as comfortable as possible, Neil. Yeah, yeah. She can hear you. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh my God! Yes. Yeah. Oh, she yeah. can't. She can't smile, though. You're saying. She can smile. She can. Oh well, that's we a great indication, oh, then, yeah. isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm saying, Neil, when she looks up at the ceiling, we have a lot of photographs on the ceiling. Right. So just up up over her bed. So when she's lying down and when she looks up, because you know she scans the photographs. No, we don't know. Is she scanning the photographs? But she'd be smiling when she's scanning them. So. We're hopeful that she can see them and that she is smiling at the photographs. But like, I'm assuming the bed can can sit up, can it? I mean, would she? She? Oh the, yeah. yeah, Oh yes. So what, can, what, the bed can go into a chair position, uh, Neil. There's no adapted tablet or laptop or TV or anything like that, is there? No, no, not at all, Neil. Uh, no, no, she wouldn't be. She wouldn't be no. able to process that. No. Definitely not. Definitely not, Neil. And isn't she... Neil, when, is, yeah, go on. When, when I spoke to the neurosurgeon and he was showing me Catherine's brain on the scans, you know, there's only a quarter of Catherine's brain actually working. <laughs> the rest of it is, is not working at all. So, But she has the heart of a lion, though. It keeps on going. Unreal, Neil. I mean... Uh, three months ago, she got COVID, right? Now she has no... Uh, we, we couldn't sort of give, give her any... Uh, uh, what do you call it? The, the injections for Vaccine. COVID. Yeah. Uh, because we were too frightened, like, you know. And Neil, she came out of it like she, that she did nothing. Is that right? right? And, yeah, she, she's unreal. She's... No matter what she gets, Neil. And, I mean, Neil, she, she don't get many infections now. Yeah. I mean... Like, even public health nurses coming in, they look and they say, Pat, we can't believe how she's got a super pubic catheter 
and she hasn't had a, a urine infection in over 12 months, you know. But in 15 and years, though, what about bed sores, though, 15 years on a bed? Not absolutely, Neil. Her skin is better than my own. She's never had a bed sore, never. Amazing. Not in the 14 years. Amazing. And you were also very complimentary of all of those that are helping. You talk about the public health nurse. You talk about GP visits. You talk about the home care yeah. assistants and the nurses. And many of them Irish, but lots from overseas. Yes, Neil. Unfortunately, you know, it's very, very hard to get uh, Irish carers now at the moment. So we, we employed some, uh, well, I didn't, but the care company. Uh, some uh, they were nurses in their own country, but they they just have to work here as uh, carers because yes. they haven't got their pin number. Yes. Uh, so we have a lot of uh, Brazilian girls. Fantastic. But Neil, it's absolutely diabolical. This the 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 setup here in Ireland, right, where visas are concerned. We had staff. We had one two. One was a social worker, one was a, a nurse for nearly six years, the other one was a nurse for five years, and we had another girl was um, a physiotherapist, right? Yeah. And, like, they all had their own, but they came to Ireland to learn English and to, you know, go further. So they're nurses in their own country, they're physiotherapists in their own yes. country, but can't practice. And you're talking about places like the Philippines, and I think you're specifically talking about nurses coming in from Brazil, but they can't practice as nurses yes. here. No. So they're taken on as carers, right? Because they're allowed to work certain hours. Yeah. And all of them had to leave because uh, they, they, the system over here, Neil, is absolutely ridiculous for visas. I mean, you, they, they had to go, they had to leave our place and go working in a nursing home to get their visas. There's no visas for a home care uh, staff. And yet we are crying out for all of those. Yeah, yeah. Unreal. And the HSE are in the same position, Neil. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're oh. losing a multitude of staff over the same thing. And they're trying to change the law, you know. They're yeah. trying to get it changed. But with you know, with 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 regards to Catherine, um, if I remember correctly, the award that was made because you did take on the HSE legally was based on a, a life expectancy of of ten years. Um, and yeah. I don't I don't mean to sound unkind about this, but she she's she's outlived the life expectancy. She could live indefinitely, couldn't Most she? Def- Neil, she could. She could. Uh, that's a worry as well, Neil. <laughs> you know, I mean, myself and my wife are not getting any younger. So you're what? Nearly seventy, I believe, isn't it? Seventy in February, Neil. Yeah, yeah. This has been your life but for. I, I do Sorry, Neil. This has been your life for so long. How how do you feel as a yeah. dad, though, looking upon her every day? It's very sad. Very sad. You know, and Neil, we have, uh, we have no, uh, there's no DNA, you know, with Catherine. If anything happens to Catherine, we we won't revive her, you know? Yeah, yeah. Do not resuscitate. No, I mean, we wouldn't anyway, Neil, because it's cruel, you know? I mean, it's cruel the way she is now, Neil. 
it is terribly cruel. And, you know, I mean, she's just so strong. And but, but, like, ethically or morally, you must struggle with that, I suppose, do you? Sometimes. I know. But still in all, it's your flesh and blood. It's your daughter who you love. Yeah. It's the mother yeah. of it. How old is her son now? Brandon, he's nearly 23. Okay. Yeah, and he's got two boys of his own. And, you know, he's, he's done very well for himself. He's a plumber and, you know... Yeah, he's so good. Sad. He's good, yeah. but he, Neil he finds it very hard. He finds it very hard to look at his mum. I mean, Neil, I've got a son living in New York, and he comes home to see Catherine uh, quite a lot, and he finds it hard to go into the room to look at her. I suppose Neil, it's different for other people coming in, and it's it's like different from myself and my wife because we've been there with her for fifteen years. Day in, day out. So we sort of are used to the yeah, way she's looking, yeah. you know. This is your life as you know it. And do you have you ever reached yeah. out then to other people who have loved ones uh, with locked-in syndrome for a considerable period of time, I wonder? Yes, Neil, there was a good few people contacted us and I've spoke to a lot of people. Uh, you, know, you know, I've often said to them, Neil, fight like I fought to get what you, you need because uh, without fighting you, you won't get it. I mean, but Neil, there is people in, in worse positions than I'm in. I, I, I think we were one of the lucky ones whereas I fought a battle, Neil. Yeah. yeah. I know, you know, sometimes people just give up and say, oh, I just can't fight anymore, you know. You had but no, cho- you had no choice though. You had no choice but to fight. No, I had no choice, Neil. I mean, it's terrible that you have to do that. In, in, you know, it's it's just terrible that, uh, you know, there there is people out there, Neil, and I feel so sorry for you know. But but you I don't do. you don't hold out any hope of a miracle, no. Neil, I would if I didn't have seen the scan and if I didn't have seen what damage was done to Catherine's brain. You know, if if anything did happen, Neil, it would be a miracle. But uh, no, Neil, I'm not holding out any hope that Catherine will get any better. And, you know, it's the only thing we can do now, Neil, is just keep her comfortable. Absolutely. And, yeah. you know, when the time comes, Neil, you know, we're, we're hoping that she'll just die naturally, either in her sleep or, you know, have a heart attack or something like that. She seems... I know it's terrible to be saying things like that, but... Yeah, yeah. That's what we would want, you know. That she would pass and away we have it peacefully. All. Yeah, but we have it set up with uh, Mary Mount as well, uh, Neil, that if anything happens like that, they'll come down in and they'll look after Catherine, you know. But, but you're saying so, that that is the way you would like her to go, but still don't want her to go. Exactly. Yeah. So no matter her- what, Neil. No matter what. I suppose... I wouldn't want her to go, but, you know, she's my daughter, so... Yeah, I know. I know. It's it's hard to process it, you see. On the one hand, you, of course, want her to remain because she's flesh and blood and family and you love her. But then you look upon her in the last 14, 15 years of her life and you wonder, is it right, I suppose, is it? Yeah, exactly, Neil. I know. Exactly. 
I mean, but what, what you know, what, we, what, what, what can we do, Neil, right? All, all we want now is what we're doing at the moment, you know, okay. is look after her well, uh, keep her comfortable. She's not in any pain because we have the monitors and it monitors, you know, for the last couple of years, Neil, she's been very good. I okay. mean, you know, she, okay. she's, she, like, I suppose when she's at home with us, we're, we're looking after that she don't get any infections or stuff like that, yeah. and she don't. Like, I know, I know. Uh, it was just unfortunate that she got COVID, you know, but... Uh, she even battled through that, Neil, in fairness to her. She yeah. battled through it, yeah. Okay. Okay, so, well, well, listen, Pat, uh, I just wanted to reach out just to, to chat and update with you to see how thanks, all things Neil. work. Thanks no, you're more than welcome with Catherine and you and the rest of the family. Thanks for thinking about her. Absolutely. Look after yourselves and look after Catherine. I will, of course, Neil. You don't and need to be told. Thanks very much, Neil. All right, Pat, take care. Thanks, Neil. Pat O'Leary, daughter of Catherine. Um, lines are open, lads, on 0868104106. You can text 0868104106 and we're back after 10. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Don't forget Neil's five-star giveaway. We know of three of the five voices now. And sooner or later, I will tell you what those three are. But not just yet. But we know the three of them have been guessed. Two remain unguessed. So whoever guesses all five in the correct order. And they are well-known uh, superstars. Uh, you will win €10,000 cash courtesy of ourselves and Soundstore in their new electrical superstore at Market Green Retail Park in Middleton. So I'll open those phone lines in the next half hour or so. But these are the five voices in the right order. You need to guess them. I love Cork's Red FM. Simple as that. I love Cork's Red FM. €10,000 to be spent in Soundstore, uh, Market Green Retail Park in Middleton on whatever you want. It's a fantastic price. Now, by text, we're talking about, um, you know, replica fake guns and fake shotgun plastic getting through airport security. Uh, I got a sharp scissors through from Stansted Airport to Cork. It was never picked up, uh, says Karen, who's from Cork, but listens in Dorset in the UK. And then uh, with regards to uh, politicians doing their thing, as in photo opportunities, somebody is asking the question, and I don't know whether or not it's true or not. Is there any truth in the rumour that the Cork section of the McCroom bypass was finished ahead of time so Michal could open it before he leaves office as Taoiseach? I was out there the other day and all the road markings are down. I'd say it's pretty much ready to go, the first long section of it. But the only thing is, uh, I think that they had, you know, stated many, many months ago uh, that it would be opening, that part of it would be opening earlier. I, I don't know whether there was a push on. I mean, he'd still he'd still be there, though, whether he was Taoiseach or Tarnished or whatever. Um, but uh, Cork, then. You talk about Cork City a lot on the programme. I was in Cork City over the weekend, and I was in the car park adjacent to Casey's Furniture. Yes, you didn't know the name of it, but that actually is the Q Park on Grand Parade. Um, I was only there for under three hours, but the cost of my stay in that car park was €14. Euro. Never again will I be going back to Cork. Everything is just a rip-off. No wonder people are doing stuff online. And then with regards to KC's, we chatted with KC's this morning. I remember KC's in the 70s and the 80s when the fish and chips were wrapped in newspaper. Happy days, says Tony and Douglas. I don't know if anybody actually does the wrapping in newspaper anymore. Probably 
Hickwer, some health and safety ruling came in. And then on politicians doing their things, uh, no TD or politician should be allowed to do a pre-arranged visit anywhere. They should just turn up unannounced. Uh, Michal Martin should be, dis- should, should be disgraced for himself. He works for the people and the people are told not to open their mouths in Edel House. Uh, we should be allowed to ask him anything we want whenever we want. And Frank says, I heard that hidden hearing are given out free hearing aids at the moment. All politicians should apply. Serving member of Angarda Shikona, and uh, that serving member says to me, I can concur with the recent email you received from the Armed Response Unit. Uh, the job has changed a lot in recent years. It seems to me like they're going down the same route as they went down in the Defence Forces with the Gardaí. They just don't want people staying to make a career in these jobs anymore because of having to pay out pensions at the end of it. They just want people to come in, do a few years and leave. The government have made the job so unattractive now for Gardaí. Nobody will stay and there's going to be massive shortages in the new in the next few years. Well, I don't think we have to wait a few years for the shortages. They're with us already. Um, and then, of course, uh, many, many people had uh, something to say on the Christmas lights. They will be switched on sometime this month, but there will be no family switch on. Uh, can we assume that the Pride Parade won't go ahead next year for the same reason and all other parades and gatherings? Uh, mind you, I did read you a text yesterday from somebody who said that they were at the 2019 turning on of the lights. And they said that they'd never go again because of the, you know, what, what, why would you close off all of the side streets um, so that people could only get in or out on either end of Patrick Street? If there was a big crowd, surely you would need the side streets so people could move to the side streets if it got too jammed. One texter told me that they were stuck and jammed in the crowd uh, and it was very dangerous. And she said in 2019, she vowed she would never go in again. So a lot of texts like that. So keep them coming. Text 0868104106. A lot then on the World Cup and indeed uh, the HSC and stuff like that, which I'll come back to throughout the course of the morning. We've got calls, texts and comments on the way. The Neil Prendeville Show. Gold winner for interactive speech program at the IMRO Radio Awards 2022. Red FM. Keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. A lot to do. I'm way overdue a catch-up with Damien Mully. He is the uh, consultant and digital marketing consultant with his own communications company called uh, Mully Communications. The reason being, there's been so much happening in the online world of late. Crypto is in chaos, as we know, in the finance markets. And then you've all sorts of moving and shaking and job losses in the likes of Amazon and Twitter and Facebook and even Stripe recently, and then advertisers apparently are leaving Twitter in their droves. I see yesterday Elon Musk sent out an email to staff saying that, um, you know, it's the next stage in Twitter, Mark II, that people will have to be intensely hardcore, work long hours at high intensity. He says only exceptional performance will constitute a passing grade. If you want to be part of the new Twitter team, click yes to the box below. If you don't do it by five o'clock tomorrow, as in today, you'll get three months severance pay. Pretty much saying if you don't tick the box and agree to work really, really hard, long, long hours, high intensity, then we don't want you around. But it certainly seems as if much of it is now in chaos. I mean, there was a time when tech or social media or online platforms or online sales portals were the place to be and the place to work. It doesn't seem to be that way anymore and a very uncertain future with lots of job losses in some of the companies and layoffs and the ones that I've just mentioned. Damien, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How did it all get so chaotic and how did it all start to fall apart? Yeah, uh, 
Musk is, I guess, loved by people on Twitter and it's his social network of choice. So he decided a little while back that he was going to buy Twitter and fix it and make it better. And the same way that he's created an empire out of going to space and electric cars, he thought he could do the same with Twitter. But he got into a deal where he pretty much bought them for way more than they were valued at. Um, and he signed a legal contract that he really couldn't get out of. So when he tried to change his mind, he couldn't. Twitter went to court and eventually he backtracked and paid $44 billion for a company that makes just over maybe a billion and a half dollars every year in revenue. So very expensive for um, what he is actually getting. Good God. And is he now rocking and rolling, trying to come up with a better Twitter so he can make his money back? Is it because I was reading at the weekend, for instance, that a lot of advertisers, including General Motors, Carlsberg, Volkswagen, they've all paused or cancelled advertising. Yeah, so he he pretty much laid off or fired half the staff on day one and it seemed to be indiscriminate. So a lot of the staff that were uh, fired were looking after content moderation. And I guess it's after coming out now that Twitter was actually very reliant on human beings in the company to moderate content and it wasn't automated uh, moderation, so it wasn't technical For like what? Like hate speech, is it, and things like that? Hate speech and fake scams and like, like... Twitter is full of crypto scams and people pretending they're celebrities and then trying to, to get you to sign up to, to some special deal that would make you millions. So all of these things, there's hundreds of millions of these fake scam messages every single day on Twitter. And they have artificial intelligence that filters out a lot of it, but they still need a human intervention where a human will go, that's actually, that doesn't read well. Right. That's obviously fake and they research it and then that gets removed. So those people were all left go. And then this week, he pretty much fired all the contractors. And most of the contractors that work on Twitter were also doing content moderation. And it's then that advertisers said, we can't be part of this because it'll only see an increase in hate speech, as an example, or yeah, fake stories. And, and the, the issue is the, the advertising on Twitter, you can't target very well. So your message will go out in the middle of tweets. And you're, so you could be a... A neo-Nazi tweeting above you and then you're advertising about like children's holidays to Disneyland and then there's Chaos. something else below that. Yeah. Chaos. So, and advertisers are going, one screenshot and we're ruined and we have to tell people why our ads are showing in the middle of this. So, yeah, I mean, they, the advertising system hasn't been great anyway all along, but it's just spooked advertisers completely and most of the biggest advertising agencies in the world have now pulled all advertising okay. until they say it's corrected. Okay. So he paid 44 billion, you say, for a company that turns over one and a half billion a year. I mean, yeah. I mean, he is a very wealthy man though. Would even that hurt him? Hurt him? It did. So he, he was using, he was leveraging his Tesla stock to do this. And Tesla stock has gone way down in the past couple of weeks since he bought Twitter. So it's actually affected his, his own value. His own value has gone down. He put at something like 10 billion plus of his own fortune by, te- by selling Tesla stock into this. God he almighty. got a loan of 13 billion. And the interest rate on that is a billion every year which is pretty much revenue that Twitter had up until this point. They estimate the revenue next year is not going to hit the billion mark. 
But in the meantime, the interest rate of this debt has also gone up based on performance and stock of Tesla and so on. So apparently he'll have to repay 1.7 billion next year on this 13 billion loan. Sounds as if he's heading for a car crash. But when you when you look at the likes of Twitter, right, and also Facebook or other platforms like that, don't they just, don't all social media platforms just have a lifespan? I mean, you know, you, you've you got Twitter and you've got Facebook, but the new kid on the block is, is TikTok that, you know, you might get yeah. 10 years out of it, but people tire and they move on. Isn't that the way? That's it. It is. Um, but Twitter and Facebook kind of around the same time. Facebook was a couple of years before them, but Facebook's growth rate was huge and has been growing to maybe about three or four years back and it, it pretty much stopped. Twitter got to a couple of hundred million users and didn't go above that. So they pretty much have the same amount of people now that they've had 10 years ago. So in terms of additional revenue and so on, they're, they're not making it. So it's not growing. And Musk saw the potential. He's like, I can go from a couple of hundred million users to a billion users. It's the most influential social network. I can get more people on. Um, and in fairness, the people that built Twitter, it was just chaos from day one. They were just lucky that they became successful. So there was nothing strategic about it. And then lockdown came along and, of course, everybody was more reliant and spent more time on Facebook and Twitter and TikTok, didn't they? Yeah. And they thought there's loads of money to be made. But as soon as lockdown was lifted, of course, people tended to go back. Yeah, yeah, they went back to their their own lives. And what's happened? So there were job losses in all of the companies that I just mentioned. And a lot of them were Irish too, weren't they, including Irish workers? Yeah. Um, So we saw... Stripe laying off Irish workers, Facebook laid off a, a good number, Twitter as well. Um, and it's it's all to do as well that all these the social networks in particular were growing well all through the years. They got the, the COVID bump as well. But numbers-wise and engagement-wise now, um, they're, they're not growing anymore. Okay. So there's, okay. there's stock-wise, like why would you invest in a company that's not growing anymore? And so what's happening then with, with, with Zuckerberg and, and Facebook and this metaverse and all that? Because he's hurting big time too, isn't he? And jobs that's losses. The, a, a massive gamble on the metaverse, which is... What is that in layman's terms? It's a concept. It's basically a virtual world that you go into. You probably have to have a headset to do that. And you can look around the place. And they're giving examples of you can go online shopping by walking around, say, like uh, your local Super Value, but in the metaverse. But like, it's it's faster to just buy stuff online by clicking things. So this is the idea. But they're they're losing, I think, or they're researching and spending about ten to fifteen billion a year on this technology. That's not going to come to fruition. So that's a kind of a scale up from the VR games that we know of that already exist. You put on the it headset is. and you play online games. But this is yeah. you'd, you'd run your entire. Even your social life, is it? You would never actually have to meet friends. You would meet them in the metaverse, is it? Yeah. Are you, so a family in Australia, you can meet them in the metaverse. And the idea is that it'll be quite realistic in terms of how people look in the, these spaces. Right. But we're, we're, we're pretty much like... Uh, you could go to a gig in the metaverse rather than having to attend it. You'd be there kind of thing. You'd be there, yeah. So like... ABBA and doing their whole hologram tour you could you could see that in the metaverse that would be the idea but surely that's a banker isn't it that's gonna really fly wouldn't it it's it's a banker but the, the technology isn't there and some of the the high-end headsets that look really well as in when you put it on you the the, the visuals are amazing they're maybe costing up to a thousand euros to buy at the moment 
In so, the ga- and the gaming world would change as well. A thousand euro for a headset. Like, for instance, your Fortnite uh, or your Minecraft, you'd be in the game as opposed to looking at it on a screen. That's the metaverse. That's the idea. And yeah, it's the likes of Fortnite and, um, and um, Minecraft are building their own worlds as well. So they're going to be a competitor to Facebook. And the, the issue is all these spaces are all different spaces. They're not interconnected. So the same way some computer games are exclusive to PlayStation, you'd have to buy multiple um, game consoles to, to get certain games. So it's a, it's a very big risk, and so far it's, it's not paying off. And then coming down the road is Apple. Apple are bringing out a, like a, a headset-type tech and they're going to come into the market. Okay. So again, they're going to be competing with Facebook. But you well. said you said recently that as a tech company, Facebook is ancient. They're being blown out of the water. Zuckerberg needs to go. We won't. He won't go out. It's his company. It's his company, and I, I think that's the issue. Is it, what he says goes. He brought in Sheryl Sandberg when they were becoming quite successful, and she basically ran the day-to-day operations. Um, and he was just, I guess, the genius that was running the company. So he was buying and acquiring other companies and he bought Oculus, which is the VR company. He bought them for a billion dollars a couple of years back and with the idea of a metaverse was, was coming. So he's doing that. But, but you spoke about the amount that TikTok make per annum. Facebook, you said, is, destro- is being destroyed by TikTok and Facebook is losing. Is it somewhere like north of between 10 and 20 billion a year? That's that's no. They're, they're they're still profitable, but they're 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 in a way wasting ten to twenty billion on the metaverse at the moment. So they're very profitable still, but between Instagram, WhatsApp, and Facebook, which is owned by the Facebook company Meta or parent company, um, they they just don't have um, the numbers for anyone under twenty five anymore. Most of their users are now over 25. Oh, I see. And that's why... Demographic. Yeah, yeah. They want that for advertisers, don't they? Yeah, because your 15-year-olds now are going to be parents in 10 years' time. So if they're on your social network now, they'll probably be there in 10 years' time as well until something else comes along. And what came along then was... What actually came along was TikTok. What's the attraction to that? Music. That's where they started getting big, was they were another social network. You share videos, but you were able to... Add licensed music to your videos, so you're able to do fun videos. You're able to do dance videos, and that just became very popular with younger people and the younger demographic, and it just exploded. But you don't need to have friends to see content on TikTok. The algorithm, which is this mysterious thing that's controlled by China, um, it decides what you should see next. So because TikTok's Chinese, isn't it? It is owned by, by the Chinese government. And what's interesting is TikTok is blocked in China. The Chinese government don't want it because it's so chaotic. Although they, they own it. So much stuff. Although they own it. Crazy. The money goes back there and it's controlled there. But, uh, Why don't they want there. Chinese people to see it? Freedom. Um, ideas. Like it's, it's, it's the Wild West. So all content in China is very much controlled by the government um, and their content moderation is, is huge as well. So like certain ideas, even mentioning the likes of Taiwan, that's not gonna, that's not seen in China. Yeah. So yeah. it's very, very filtered their internet. Yeah. Is Google, um, is, is, is Google filtered? Or? Yes, massively. So um, Google tried to get their search engine in there um, and they did certain deals with Chinese government where the Chinese government could say what could be found and could not be found in Google China. But 
they, I think they have access, or they're used by about 5% of the Chinese population. Mm. China has their own search engine called Baidu, and that's where people go, and again, that's highly filtered. Mm, mm, mm. So where's all this going? Where it's going is TikTok is still going to grow, and that's where, I guess, people are going at the moment. Well, Stephen Fry just literally last week closed his, down, his account, he had 12 million followers, he just closed it. Yep. It's, I think that's just going to happen as well. Uh, what we'll probably see is in, in the next couple of years, be some other app that probably targets young people as well. And they'll all move en masse. There's no loyalty. So they'll go somewhere else. And their connections will go with that as well. As you said, it's, it's changing all the time. And it's just for companies to try and predict what comes next and get onto that wave that's, that's coming. Whereas Facebook in terms of a tech company, is ancient now. It's, it's 15, 17 years old, which for tech and for social networks is very old. And so whatever is coming next, Zuckerberg bet on the metaverse, um, that's where people are going to go. But the issue with yeah. metaverse is you just need very expensive tech, whereas other social networks, it's a phone. And the phone exists already. Yes. Seven billion people are probably using phones. Yeah, now. yeah. So it's yeah. easy to, to get big. Okay. Just one final question, because this comes up all of the time. And, and, I, and I, I'm talking about data being the new currency, right? Say, for instance, as an example, Instagram, which is kind of a happy, clappy place, I believe, right? As opposed to Twitter, which is quite vicious. But how, do they, how, do they, how does the likes of an Instagram or, or a WhatsApp, for another example, or even Revolut, how do they actually make money? an Instagram. Is it your data or what? What's data currency? It's, it's data. So um, the Facebook advert uh, ad system allows you to run ads on Instagram, Facebook, and Facebook Messenger. And you can target people by their age, their gender, their marital status. You can probably target people that have had kids um, and kids in the past couple of years. When on Facebook and on Instagram, when you put up new status updates about this, their tech harvests all that and creates a profile about you. But how does that so, work? Like you put up a photograph of a new baby, is it? Yeah, delighted to, that are uh, on the birth of our new son, Ushi, um, and that information is stored against your profile and they probably use some tech to figure out that you're talking about the birth of a child. If, if you they, put up lots of photographs of people who party or like to go clubbing, would they get, uh, or like to go to the pub or photographs with drink or Prosecco, would that happen then? Uh, Somebody who likes yeah, cars, would that happen? Put up a photograph yes, of a car? Absolutely. But also then, if you interact with any account that's about cars, so if, or if you interact with, say, Red FM, the profile built against you will say that you're interested in cork-based media. Um, and if Red FM are putting up certain content about certain stories, um, and if you're just clicking on the celeb story... I understand. Yeah, data. Data is money. Those, that information is money. It's very funny, yeah. actually. Well, I found it quite funny because my father was thinking of getting a chicken run, you know, getting three chickens okay. or hens for eggs and what have you. So one day we were sitting down together and I googled, um, you know, chicken coops, chicken runs for hens or what have you. Um, and ever since then, day after day after day, I'm receiving adverts for chicken coops and chicken runs and chicken feed and how to rear chickens. So that's the yeah. data you're talking about. It is. And even when you go outside of Facebook or Instagram, if the website has a Facebook button, that's actually tracking you. So you're tracked across the internet by Facebook as well. If any of these sites have shared us on Facebook or here's, um, here's our latest Facebook update. And do they listen 
they they don't. Um, just as someone that's that does advertising the whole time, I mean, it'd be fantastic for an advertiser if they did. I often think but, that Alexa's listening all of the time and targeting ads. Alexa, Alexa is listening all the time, and it's um, it's always listening, and then it deletes what it just heard. So the idea. How do you is, know they delete it though? Um, you can actually request from Amazon uh, your data. So. God bless our data protection rules here. You can actually do a subject access request to Amazon and say, please send me the details uh, of the recordings from my Google Home or for my Alexa. Because I think Alexa's listening. I also think the television is listening. I know it might, might sound crazy. Depends but on your television. I, I'm, I'm not trying to make you paranoid, but depends on your television. It's the remote on the TV. So if you have, because Alexa now or Google Home is built into the remote and you can give voice commands to your TV, that, that microphone is on. Okay, and is there any button that we can all click in our lives where our data isn't stored or harvested? Um, you, can, you can go to Facebook. Um, there's, there's settings inside your Facebook settings, uh, which is, here's what we think we know about you. And you can actually remove all of that. It's hard to do. It's, it's a lot of clicking, but you can do it. Or you can just, if you want, you can leave those social networks and you have to send in a support ticket to say wipe all my data as well. All right. You just close your account, the data is still there. But you have to request for it to be deleted. Okay, okay. We live in turbulent times, don't we, in the social world and social media world and indeed also crypto, which is an absolute free fall. Do you ever see that coming back? Very, very chaotic at the moment. Um, the, the, the tech, the idea of it is, is very, very sound. Um, but because it's a new frontier, the Wild West is going to be a lot of these ups and downs until it settles down properly. But then governments are getting involved in this as well, which means regulation. So all these get-rich schemes, which have made some people very rich, um, they'll all be regulated. So it'll be settled and will become one of these background technologies, I think, like everything else. Okay, okay. Watch as, uh, watch as things develop. It's best right now. Yeah. It's what? I said, don't invest right now. No, without a doubt. And we'll have to wait and see what happens next in the life and times of Zuckerberg and Musk and the rest of them. Good to catch up, Damien. We must do it again Take soon. Thanks so much right. for covering Good so up. much ground. Take care of yourself. Good morning. Appreciate it. Damien Mully from Mully Communications. Your thoughts on that? Text 0868104106 in the world, in the wild west of social media. I don't know what you think of this metaverse thing. It's about 10 years behind where it should be, apparently. Would you want to walk around with a headset the rest of your life and live in kind of like a parallel universe? Some might suggest it could well be better than this one. Text 0868104106. Also, news just breaking. Is is that for reading now? Is that it's not confirmed? Or is it Cork City uh, Football Club have just announced a proposed sale of the club? Uh, no more details at this point, but apparently that's the breaking news. Cork City announced a proposed sale of the football club. Back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Text and WhatsApp 086-8104-106. Gork's Red FM. Of social media and the whole online world has made the world much more accessible. The four corners are much closer, particularly for staying in touch with uh, friends. And we've got the hampers to give away again this Christmas time, courtesy of ourselves and the paddybox.com. So if you're overseas or you have loved ones overseas, use technology. Email neil at redfm.ie. Tell me about them. Uh, give them a shout out. Tell us a little bit about your loved ones overseas. And you never know, they might win one of our paddybox.com Christmas hampers, which will be delivered 
um, this side of Christmas, obviously. If you're listening overseas, you can also get involved. If you're not coming home for Christmas, email neil at redfm.ie. But Billy tells me that, you know, as we move more and more towards what will ultimately be a cashless society, meaning zero cash anymore, he says as a result of that, and he sent me um, a meme on it, no car boot sales, no markets, no tooth fairy, no piggy banks, no saving cash for a rainy day, no tipping cash to the waiter or the hairdresser, no giving to the homeless, no giving to busking musicians, no selling unwanted items for cash, being able to buy absolutely nothing uh, without your privacy being um, in jeopardy. 100% digital currency means your life is 100% dependent on things like power sources and the internet not going down. So that's the cashless society as we move closer and closer. Then we spoke with uh, home care workers, formerly known as Home Helps. Darren says it's typical of the HSE. I tried to get through to the HSE. It's all answering machines. The three machines that are connected to the numbers I dialed don't work or are not in service. You can't leave messages. It's getting worse. I actually rang government buildings and I was talking to someone who then transferred me to the defunct number. Obviously, there's nobody there. What happens if an elderly person tries to ring the HSE? Do you want to get through by email? Not everybody has email, particularly the elderly. Morning, there's plenty of money in the HSE for those involved in home help, but they're siphoning off the money to the private companies instead. My mother has a HSE home help through a private company. The invoice for a Sunday call-out is €71, but the carer only gets eight fifty for the hour that she is with us. I do everything for my mother as she reared me, but I'm a man and I can't do all things for her. So the actual call-out rate privately is €71, and the carer who does the call-out gets eight fifty. Contracts are there for healthcare support assistance. I've retired now, but when I was working... And if my contract was down hours, I contact my line manager. I was told that it wasn't their problem nor yours. You were being paid anyway. So what's the problem? Yes, the public health nurse does everything that they can. But at the end of the day, it's management of the final say. It's very difficult for them to work in the current environment. Managers are not held accountable. They're a law unto themselves trying to do everything they can to privatise this service so that all of it goes to private companies. Then lots on the Christmas lights uh, that will be switched on, but they won't be switched on with a family night. Um, The city manager said they have to engage with other agencies to arrange the event. The city council runs the fire brigade. They're top heavy with officers there specialising emergency management Are they playing us like fools that they couldn't get it together on time? And one more, our PC City Council cannot be seen to be promoting the turning on of the Christmas lights, which is primarily a Christian festival anymore, because other groups now have to have their say. And there are many of those. Uh, I'm sure you had callers on a few years ago saying the Christmas lights switch on was unsafe, didn't you? There were bottlenecks of people. And there was crushing either happening or almost happening. Well, I, yes, I remember covering it at the time, but that's because they closed off the side streets, which they shouldn't have done. So that's just a selection. There's lots more besides that. Meanwhile, back to the phone lines we go. Pick up the phone 0818 John, good morning. Morning, you're, you're aware, you hear me, I, right? Yeah, I am. You're aware of 52 Irish politicians on a banned list in Russia, no. yeah? No, no, I'm busy compiling a list. I've reached 32 now of Irish politicians banned from Cork. <laughs> what? 
no, it's a bit different to the Kremlins because it includes people currently resident in Cork who will be asked to leave. Right. Who will be asked to leave, you know? I'm slow to ask you who's on that list, to be honest. Oh, well, Anne Doherty would be prominent in it anyway, for a start. The uh, chief executive of Cork City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? And Why? Because of the carry-on about the Christmas lights. And another thing, what all these people have in common is they're all living in the metaverse. Live in a different universe to the rest of us. Yeah, parallel universe. They don't live in our world at all. You okay, know? so she'd be first. So I would ask you to uh, invite listeners to come add their uh, contributions to my list of politicians banned from Cork. Eamon Ryan I would be prominent on the list as well. You Are know? they only politicians you're banning from Cork? Well, main politicians and officials like administrators in the HSE, you know, and city councils, people who make your life miserable. You know, and how many do you think you're going to get on? How do you think you, how many do you think you'll get on that list? Oh, I'll put as many as I can come up with. You know, but um, uh, I, I hope to uh, give us another few examples then while you're at, while you're at it. Uh, well, you could start thinking yourself. Who would you like to put on oh, it? Yes. Um, <laughs> there's me. a few people in the HSE you now, for instance. Leave me people out. in utility companies who make it impossible for a consumer to contact anyone. You ring and the line isn't working or else you're waiting an hour and then you're speaking to someone that you can't understand. All that kind of carry on, you see. And as regards the cashless society, Neil, I don't know what they're talking about as far as I'm concerned. Cash will always be there. It's only in people, other people's minds that we're going towards the cashless uh, But we are, John, we are. It might be a generational thing, but younger people yeah, but than you and me... Yeah, but it doesn't have to replace cash. It, they, can be, it can exist. But side it by will, side though. They, they don't have cash. They tap everything. It's all cards. Any, anybody, like, to be honest, anybody under, say, for instance, <laughs> let me just pick a number, under 30, the vast majority of them never have cash. Well, I mean, but still, people will always want the option of cash, won't they? I don't know about that. I think that in another 20 or 30 years, it'll be gone. Oh, well, I don't agree at all. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, if I walk into a shop and if I want to buy an item, I'll put the money on the counter. And if they don't want this, I'll just walk out. Yes, but when we're all dead and gone, the people who are being born now, babies born today, will never have yeah. cash. That's what I'm saying. It's a generation. It's the change of the generations. Well, look, people said television would make radio obsolete, and yet both exist well, because each has a different function. I know that, but and I think that ultimately live television will be defunct and everything will be to order and pre-recorded. Also, if you're to say that cash will be around... I don't believe it will, nor will diesel or petrol cars. So that's the change in society I'm talking about. They'll all be 2030, 2035, well, all electric. Change. I know that, yeah. But of course, you see, uh, like when you were asked what's behind the drive for cars, they say convenience, but you may be bloody sure but there are some people are coining on it anyway. Well, it's just the way things are going. Um, anyway, just, we'll, we'll, we'll invite people to add to your list then of people who should be banned oh, yes, from court. Now remember, it includes people who will be politely asked to leave. It doesn't have to be people from outside who are banned, you know. Okay. Um, okay. But um, I right. think we could rival the Kremlin, like, and right. uh, if they can produce a list, why can't we? You All know? right, I'd encourage people to add Thank to the list you. then. Take care, John. Text 0868104106 on those that either should be banned or should be politely 
asked to leave. Uh, Cork City have released a statement on the proposed takeover. I've just been handed it. The board is pleased to announce that following completion of due diligence, we have accepted provisionally a bid from uh, Mr. Dermot Usher to purchase the entirety of Cork City Football Club. There was a vote took place on Sunday, or there will be a vote taking place on Sunday, 4th of December, um, and uh, we'll have to wait and see at that stage. What do we know about the company that has bought or will buy Cork City Football Club. Uh, we know that Dermot Usher is a successful businessman where he previously led the Irish market-leading bathroom brand Sonus Bathrooms over a 30-year period, growing the business to an excess of £40 million in revenue per annum. Uh, so the man behind Sonus Bathrooms. Don't know what they've paid for it. That hasn't been announced, but we'll have to wait and see what happens in that regard. Uh, I'm sure he has a business plan as well. In fact, the ambition is to qualify for, among other things, the European competition and also to heavily invest in women's, uh, the women's side of football uh, within Cork City Football Club. So uh, he will assume control effective immediately after the completion of legal and financial due diligence. So they've informed the FAI. So that's the update on that one. Text 0868 Back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818-104-106. Red FM. I just about to text then this side of 11. We were talking about taking kettles and fridges out of uh, the public sector where anybody working within the civil service would no longer be able to boil a kettle or put their food or, you know, milk or indeed their lunch into the fridge. It's an energy drive, apparently. Mind you, I don't see them doing that in Dáil Éireann, do you? Taking out hot drinks or kettles there or indeed closing the Dáil Bar. John says, will that mean the cooling system for drinks will be removed from the bars in Leinster House? I don't think so. But I was contacted by a public sector worker who says public sector workers don't get tea or coffee. Even when clients are being met, say for instance at a coffee shop, uh, public sector workers must pay for their own. They must use their own cars for carrying clients with the cost of diesel and petrol rising, and the civil service mileage rates have not been increased for years. People in the public sector like me bring our own tea bags, our own coffee, our own milk and our own sugar. The most we get access to is a kettle and a fridge to be used by clients and staff. It's absolutely outrageous. And you know what? You can say what you want about the public sector, but that is outrageous and it is all wrong. You know, I mean, there must be an awful lot of staff then with their own little stashes of tea bags and coffee and milk and sugar, all with their own names on it, what have you. And then to answer the query regarding the Pana ban, because they're mad keen to enforce that because apparently it's kind of a, you know, it's there, but not everybody pays any attention to it. Not everybody anyway. Neil, you wanted to know, do you get penalty points? You don't. You get a 40 euro fine for breaking the Pana ban. And add to the fact that last night, Sinn Féin, who are supposedly our saviours, backed the council rates rise. They haven't a clue that between them, all of them, they're destroying the city. And then on my conversation regarding the World Cup and Qatar and its human rights records in so many different ways, Paddy says, do I need to remind you in Qatar at the weekend, two Western women were allegedly raped when they reported it to the police. They were arrested for having sex outside of marriage. Why would anyone want to go there uh, stuck in the Middle Ages. And Frank says, for those who don't understand betting odds, if you put 50 euro at 10 to 1 on England to win the World Cup, you lose 50 euro. <laughs> in England won't win the World Cup. 
it's coming home. Uh, sorry now, but the man Michael on the air with you hasn't a clue. Now, Michael works in uh, Middle Eastern and Far Eastern countries. He goes where the work is. Anyway, um, all we are displaying with conversations like that is white privilege. He hasn't the first idea of what life looks like for the migrants or indeed what life for women and gay people is like in Qatar. It's frightening how much he buys into all of the fake narrative there. I'm sure Amnesty International is pretty concrete in their research and statistics for Qatar's dismal human rights record. I'm actually embarrassed listening, trying to justify what's going on over there and to actually question the seriousness of it. It only highlights people of, um, you know, withdrawing cash or pensions. Had a conversation on air yesterday with Paul Byrne from Virgin Media News on that one, uh, particularly with regards to double pensions and things like that. And I don't mean to be frightening the elderly. It's just about making you aware. We've got all that and lots more besides after 11. 104 to 106. Red FM. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. So just picking up where I stopped just before 11. I'm in my 70s. I'm very nervous and worried about the coming weeks as we are due to get our double pension and fuel allowance. I'm a carer for my husband also, so I will be getting his payment too. Then, to add to my worries and my issues, my husband's pension is paid in a different post office. Is there any way a guard could be placed on duty outside the post office on pension day when all this money is being paid out? It's a good question. It would take an awful lot of guardee and a lot of guard hours to be at every post office every single day. Don't see that as a runner. I don't mean to worry people or make people nervous. It's just to be alert, really. Um, You know, even if there were guards outside a post office, it wouldn't stop somebody following somebody home. I know even saying that puts the fear of God into people. But if any other kind of a plan could be, you know, we had another um, uh, robbery in another post office yesterday at the post office in Ballant Temple. And that's only like a mile, maybe a little more from the last one, which was a post office on uh, the South Douglas Road. So it's just about being aware. You might mention the idiots that post Facebook pictures of themselves on holidays. It's just an invitation to burglars. Thank you for that. And another few. Why wouldn't these fellas be robbing people when they've been left off with a slap on the wrist in our courts? So the court loves these fellas bringing in plenty of money to the court system. Foot soldiers for the court is what I call these fellas with 40 or 50 convictions. What's your man on about saying that the courts are coming down hard? on these characters. It's my conversation yesterday with Paul Byrne from Virgin Media News. The Guardi were asking people to be on alert in lots of different ways, not just post offices and pensions, but also at home. When you draw out a large sum of money in banks or credit unions, they count it out to you at the counter where everyone else behind you can see how much money you're getting out. It makes no sense. Another one, I'm blue in the face from telling my elderly mother not to open the door to strangers, but that's the elderly for you. They come from a generation who are very trusting. Can you ask your caller what they can do if the caller does flash some kind of ID and it looks official? My own mother has very poor eyesight, so she would believe any kind of ID. Well, the, I, I don't know, you know, it's all very easy to say, say, OK, where are you from? Well, actually, I'm from Energia, you know. Um, can I come in and show you some new rates? Uh, they are around, Utility companies, workers, another energy guy called to the door the other night. I don't know why they called to me because I'm with energy anyway, but they do. So it's a difficult one uh, unless you say, OK, I'm going to call Energia and close the door. Um, even if you don't call energy, if they're still there when you open the door again, then there probably is a chance they're legit. But then again, you can't even tell. You ring the company and they mightn't even answer the phone. Uh, I just told my wife yesterday that if anyone calls to the house about anything, ask them to look in our camera doorbell 
So we have their faces and ID on camera. And to tell them to wait until she phones me, her husband, we got the camera doorbell in for 80 euro and it's fantastic says Mark Lane. Yeah, I mean, that's fine and that will work very well if you have broadband and Wi-Fi, but there's a generation of people not wanting to generalise about all people who are elderly, but not all of them have Wi-Fi and indeed broadband. So keep those coming. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Just a fast one here from Christoph and then back to topics that we've been dealing with lately. Christoph, good morning. Hello. Can you hear me Okay. I do, yes. Okay, tell me about Agatha. What is she, three years old? She's three years old, exactly. And she's on the autism spectrum, but you have a place for a special unit for schooling? We do actually have the place here. 15 15 miles from our home. One five miles, 15, is it? Yes, exactly, yes. Okay, so you're in Charleville, and the special unit is in Churchtown? Yes, it is. Okay, and should she not have started in September? Actually, she's supposed to, but there is no transport provided, unfortunately, until now, and I actually lost any hopes. Okay, so that 15-minute run, I mean, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but a lot of people drive their kids to school. Can you not, can you not do that in the morning? Actually, I would be able, but then I would have to quit my job, you see. And uh, we would have to be starving like that. Yeah. I know it. Uh, it seems like it might seem like a joke for some people, but basically we cannot afford second car. Second car in the family. My wife wouldn't be able to drive, and I'm not in a position to quit my job. Like okay. Um, what time is the start in the morning for the school? It's starting at nine a.m. So even if you were able to bring her to school and then go to work, there would be no one to pick her up, is it? Exactly. I would have to... Yeah, I would have to be out of work to be able to do something I like see. this. And, yeah. yeah, so not practical in that time. No, I, just, I was just curious because I see a lot of people dropping kids off in the mornings, but a child with special needs is extra special and needs extra special care. You should be entitled to a taxi. Actually... Transport is sanctioned, and as far as I know, that's on the bus Airam now. Because I was in touch with the school principal, I was in touch Did you with just say a bus there? Sorry, it's difficult to understand. Did you say that a bus place, is it? No, it's on the bus Airam now, I suppose. Bus Airam. Yeah, but bus Airam would provide you then with a taxi. Actually, you know, I was contacting plenty of people principal, Sino, and actually basically everybody that I could. And still nothing. Yeah, but my understanding of it is that Boss Aaron hold the, hold the contract for school transport for special needs children, and they award um, contracts then to taxi drivers. The taxi drivers get the work through Boss Aaron, and then you'd have the, the Sino and the taxi driver would pick up your daughter, take her to school, and also bring her home. Is that your understanding of it? Actually, the, yes, it is, because transport is sanctioned and everything you have that. Is, okay. Okay. is in place, but there is, there is nothing happening. Now I'm in touch with the school principal. She keeps writing emails to, to somebody responsible for that, but she's having hard times getting the answers as well. Yeah, so the problem lies with Boss Aaron, um, um, and the availability of 
taxi drivers to do the work, I'd imagine. Would that be it? I suppose to, you know, I'm not I'm not expecting anybody to send the school bus for my daughter. No, it's not that. I understand. No, it's just yeah. a one on one with the with the Sino, with the with somebody who travels in the car with your child. That's what it is. But I touched yeah. on this a few weeks ago and there's a shortage of taxis. That's the problem. Ah, uh, yeah, but there is also a problem for the parents and the children yeah, itself. Yeah. Do you no, think there I are understand. many other parents like you in the same situation? I would say so. We are taking part in the Facebook groups or whatever. Yeah, I think we are not the only one, of course. That has this transport sanctioned and agreed, but nothing has happened after that. Actually, yes, people are waiting. And, you know, it's not because of me being expecting any magic, but it's just taking taking away the chance from the child to develop. Like, of course. When you, have, yeah. when you have child on spectrum... Sometimes there is moments where, because of sensory issues, she won't be wearing the clothes. Like, she she will be locked at home, like in the jail. There is plenty of issues which parents are facing, and nobody is really talking about the struggle of the children, but parents also. Like, for somebody that might be fun, because the 15 minutes only driving, but... Oh, yeah, there would uh, be some people listening saying, oh, it's only 15 minutes, drive her yourself, but, you know... The system is there to help you so you can keep your job, so you don't have to give your job up to do that. And the care and attention within the special unit is vital to her development and many other children like her. Uh, School is amazing. She was there. She was delighted. She was there for a week because I took holiday of my work to kind of introduce her. But then nothing happened about the transport, you see. And my heart is just breaking for her because there is plenty of anxiety what's going to happen in the future. Uh, and is she like, upset about having been there for a week only? Actually, she was upset for some time. We are, my wife is with her at home, caring for her. So, But still, these this years are the most important, I suppose. They might be game-changing, really, in, in autistic people's life. I can get back in touch with Boss Aaron to see that where they are with regards to the backlog. I don't know, the, will, they, will they tell me much about your situation? But we certainly have had some success in the past on this, you know. Thank you very much, yeah. Um, because you know, it, it, it's not as if it, it's not as if she doesn't deserve the intervention, and the place is there for her, and they're hard enough to come by. Those places, aren't they? They are very hard. Yeah, we we've been kind of chasing that since since last year. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on there, if you will, Louise. Good morning. Hi, Neil. Can you add to this? Uh, how big a problem um, is it? Yeah, huge problem. I got a phone call on this Sunday at one o'clock before they went back after midterm saying that the bus driver had left. There was no um, taxi for my son. So now I'm travelling 120 kilometres every single day to get my son to school. It's a disgrace. Okay. I've been on the bus there and they're telling me they're waiting on a new contractor. But like, there seems to be no let up at the moment. Is this a is this a special needs child with um, a special yeah, unit? Yeah, actually, like, you, before you helped me with my remember I got onto you when my son was suffering with his teeth that time, and I was put on the waiting list. I do and vaguely remember that. Yeah, yeah. any so, success? Yeah, it's, it's the same boy. Any success there? Yeah, yeah, we got to two out not that time. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, oh, so, so your your lad was promised a, a driver transport, was it? Yeah, well, he had to transport him back in September and then we got a phone call at one o'clock on the Sunday before they went back after midterm just to say the driver had left and that I could basically do it myself. 
Um, so I got on to bus there and they told me that they're waiting on a new contractor. And I got on to the Department of Education just to see what I'd be reimbursed for all the travelling. And I just got an email back saying with um, forms to fill out, but I, the forms can't be filled out till there's another taxi. A new contractor to what? Drive a bus or a new contractor yeah. for a taxi? I always, oh, I didn't all I said no, it was a new contractor. I'm presuming it's a new taxi. I, yeah, a new but taxi. did your lad have a taxi bringing him to and for, or yeah. was it a bu- yeah. it, it was a taxi? Yeah. Okay, yeah. and that and they yeah. just yeah. stopped yeah. on a Sunday at one o'clock on yeah. the Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what are you yeah. driving yeah. every day? Mc- Blarney McCroom return, is it? Yeah, yeah, 120 kilometers every single day. Oh my God, that's 600 yeah. kilometers a week. Yeah, yeah. Any idea how much that is costing alone? Oh yeah, like it cost me nearly a hundred euro in diesel a week. All right, and are there other parents also struggling with places on buses or taxis? Yeah, like there was, I think there was four on Luke taxis. So, but I like I, I, they're a lot closer to McCroom than what we would be. Like they were on the journey on the way to McCroom. So, do they share taxis? Yeah, there was four of the kids in his taxi. So all of those now can't go to school. Yeah, well, unless their parents Unless their them. parents do it, yeah. and that's what you have to yeah. do. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I do it for Luke. Like, he loves school. He adores school, so I do it for him. Okay, let's let's see what Boss Aaron have to say or how much they'll tell us with regards to that because they hold yeah. they hold the contracts, don't they, Louise? Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, all right. Thanks for the update. Thank you, Louise. Thank you, Christoph. Text 0868104106. If you're in the same position, uh, do share. Back after the break. <laughs> Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Lots going on this week. The film festival is well underway and we have been giving tickets away for various shows all week long. Already the War of the Buttons and the Butcher Boy. And they're showing some of the big Irish classics. And uh, on Saturday at half ten in the morning, because many of the films start, it goes on all day, the film festival, different locations, the Trisco, the Everyman, places like that. So Saturday morning at half past ten at the Everyman Palace Theatre, the wind that shakes the barley on the big screen. And I I have two pairs to give away just uh, this side of midday for the wind that shakes the barley. So when you hear this clip from the film, from the film, pick up the phone on 0818104106 to scoop a couple of tickets for Saturday morning showing. Have a listen. Look, Teddy, there's one in four people out of work in this country, right? I have seen f- children and, and families starving. Do we expect them to head off to New York and London like before? Is that, no, is no, that what we fought for? We didn't fight for this, Damien. Look, it's too you're late. Dreaming. You're not going to convince me. You've always been a dreamer, I am Damien. not a dreamer. I am a realist, Teddy. All right, the wind that shakes the barley and the words that they were saying way back then are as relevant now as they were back then. Some things never change. Others do, though. Uh, Mike, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Do you, you, buddy, you're a man in your 60s. Do you carry any cash? Uh, I can't say never, but it's getting uh, more real and more real and more real as time goes on, and yeah. it's very real now. I, lo- I love having cash, though, you know what I mean? I just like having real money on me. Thank God we have some. You know what I mean? I'd always, well, like I use the cards and everything, but I like to have cash. Do, do yeah, I don't bother with it really. Like, 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 on, like you have to go to an ATM to get it. Well, you can get cash back, of course. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, at a team. But, um, yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of slow to tipping with a card. I, I always worry that they won't get it if I don't leave cash. I don't know. Maybe I'm just mad. I don't know. <laughs> but but Neil, what I know, we we might be in different models here. Like like we are had the forty eating out, so we have the tipping coming. Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean that's not as if we're not Rockefeller or Musk or Zuckerberg <laughs> dropping hundreds. I'm saying the Fiverr or whatever the case may be. You know, just to have a bit of folding money in your pocket. 
Well, right, right, Neil. But a lot of people can't afford to eat out, so well, the chips wouldn't come into there. That's true. But for those that do, but you, so you, you've got. Tell me, tell me about your life now, as you've you've embraced all the modern technology. Like I pay bills off apps. Uh, like I, I've the PTSD. Is it okay to mention the bank? Oh yeah, you have uh, the banking app. Yeah. On your phone. I have the banking app. I have the banking app on my phone, and I had that with a good few years, and then Revolut came along, and Revolut, like, um, it's 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 so handy, you know. You if you transfer money to somebody, or or, or somebody transfers money to you, or it's usually I use it within family, you know. Yes, yeah, and, Revolut and so, works that way. Yeah, and, and and it's instant, and you have a record, and it's just it, it's like if somebody said a few years ago that you know, the biggest bank in the world would have no buildings. <laughs> and we're we're talking about banks going, we're talking about buildings now and banks going cashless and going, you're going to, uh, the, the local PD, PTSD that I use in Mitchellstown is, is cashless. You, uh, uh, so, uh, almost, like it's machine, machine, you know? Yeah, the, as in um, they, they don't want bank tellers or people queuing at counters anymore. So you use, no Revol- you use Revolut, you use, you transfer everything with either Revolut or you use the bank app. How do you pay bills, for instance? Or, or, or if, like, if, it's, if, it's, if it's a bill that goes up and down, uh, I can just pay it off the app. If it's a bill that's a constant, like care insurance, uh, stuff like that, if it's, if it's the same month per month, I can just set it up on the app as well. Um, it's, it's, it's just... It's, it's just so convenient. Now, like, like I remember when all this was coming about, because I'm in my 60s, now I don't get my pension yet, but when I do, um, and I don't want to miles away from that, you know, <laughs> and, yeah, but we, 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 when I do, like, that, that'll just, That'll just be into my account, and I, I, I can check in the phone if it's in, and, 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 and you know, but, but like, you a lot of my friends know they really resisted all this. I was just going to ask you, what's it like for your buddies and your pals of a similar age? Well, it, it reminds me of, 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 of uh, you, you just played a clip there, I was listening on the phone to it, you know, uh, the wind shakes the barely, he said, I'm a realist, you know, he could foresee you now that the wind, you know, like, a huge majority of people back in 1916 couldn't see that we'd have an Irish Republic, you know? Mm. You know, we no going back to the resistance need, like of resisting change. Right, we can resist change. People resisted uh, divorce. Uh, you know, people are very passionate about it too. True. People resist. People resisted abortion. Extremely passionate about it. True. But like uh, any technology, Neil, like it, you mentioned it there this morning, the radio electric cars. There'd be even self-drive cars and buses. There will, self-drive. and they figured that the first self-drive cars probably will be self-drive in 2025. Legalised. Right, I know, I know all electric, I suppose. Oh no, totally but, all electric self-drive. I, I don't know what involvement the driver would have in it, but the car will go from destination A to destination B controlling itself um, so so you, you were also making the point though that you can't resist change you can't just sit back and watch everything change you have to go with it you, you can you can resist it and, and sit and you can resist it and resist it all you want and you can bother your head about it even <laughs> but it'll still change <laughs> you, you, you know you, you remember the film The Field like yeah, yeah. Like I was, I did resist it at the beginning till I thought about it. 
You're like the bull McKay with the stick trying to beat back the toys, you know? <laughs> well said. That's well put. Do you, so when do you believe cash will be gone? Uh, I'd say cash, cash, cash is on the way out as we speak. It is really. Oh, it's on I the ca- decline, but will it not always be around in some form? Not, not I wouldn't think so. I, I, I think the day will come when they won't even print it. But what would happen when the app on your phone goes down and it happens? WhatsApp went down there recently. Instagram went down recently. Facebook. What would happen if Revolut went down and you have no folding cash? You can't buy uh, things. The, the ATM and all goes down? Mm, possibly, yeah. But you could walk into... Oh, yeah, you couldn't walk into a bank because they wouldn't be carrying it behind the counter. But what I'm, what I'm saying is, at least with money, you know where you stand. You you can get uh, even if, right if you've no card, you can get money as an AT. Okay, if the phone's completely down, you can't. It's in the court to your phone. If you don't have a card, you lose your card. You can get money as an AT. Okay, so if everything goes down, right, everything goes down, and you walk into a shop with cash, I don't they'll give you anything because they still won't walk. For there are businesses now who don't take cash. Just as much as there are businesses who don't take credit cards yeah, because they don't yeah, want to pay yeah. bank charges. Yes, but right, but but will any shop take cash if the whole system is down? They've no till, and they can't even scan the right. You go to Aldi's or Lidl's, where there's and and, and that's almost too where, where there's no prices and anything. Everything is scanned, just scanned. Yeah, I mean, I know, like there, are, you know, some take cash, others don't. Some take credit cards, others don't. There's a car park in the city doesn't take cards, only takes cash. The one on Patrick's Key, for instance, an example. So, so when say, for instance. Um, but there won't be many cars in that car park in a few years, right? Because the cars will drive themselves home. Wait, wait, number one, the, number one, the car can pick up at the shop, but num, number two, people won't have the cash. Like cash won't be around. Okay, so I, I, I know, will you be amongst those then that will be getting a takeout, for instance, by drone? <laughs> that, yes, yeah, probably, yeah. You, you, you'll probably have a couple of big companies that will own. Uh, I'm just guessing this now. You go back, you go back in Ireland, Neil, when there was thousands upon thousands, and I, I figure it would be 10 or 15 or 20,000 families, all had little shops and villages and towns. You, how many companies came in? Three or four companies. You count them in one hand anyway. Mm. One hand anyway. Uh, I don't know if you'd include most, most graves of their suppliers, but your Tesco, Aldi's, Little's, Dunn's, maybe. Uh, you count them in one yeah, hand. Yeah, most graves will be supplying super value. But, yeah. Where's all the thousands of little family shops? Where are, where are they all, you know? Where know. are all those? Yeah, I yeah. know. It's a changing yeah. world. And, and the more automated it gets, when you get your pizza by drone, for instance, a human being loses a job. Yes, no. You take... You take you, you, when you, you buy something on Revolut, uh, somebody in the bank loses a job. Look how many times I've seen currency changes, like the first Irish punt, Came in in 1938. What do we have before that? I don't know. Was the English tender? It would have been um, sterling. Yeah. Around well, not sterling. 19, and it was to do with, with politics as well. You see, people say leave the politics out of it. But 1938 was the time we handed over all the ports. Like the British Army and Navy still had all the ports around the coast, the main ports. That's it. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Different, different. And, and, I thought, and then we got our own punt. And 38. But that changed again the old pound to, to a different Irish pound in 71. You'll be saying goodbye to all of that. The hold on there, Jim. Good morning. How are you with cash? Uh, I, I, I deal mostly in cash. 
Okay. Do you have a Revolut I, card? Do you have uh, online banking? I, I was asked one day about the Revolut card and I had no idea what one was on about. Yeah, but then why wouldn't you want to find out then? Like, no, like the I likes of, I, like Mike has done. No, Michael is Michael, and that's that's his that's his own opinion. But like, it is a terrifying affair to to open your door and see a drone and and, and a piece of hanging off it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, but that's you know? maybe that's an extreme. But why are you afraid yeah. of taking? Do, do, do you have a Visa card? Do you have a debit card? Do you go I, on I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I kind of. You've never been on an airplane. Have you ever been on I, an airplane? See, see, listen, me, we're, get, we're getting, we're going, going into my personal life, but I'll tell you, I, I have a fear of flying, Mike, and that's okay. why okay. I, I have been on, a, I have been on ships and things like that, but that from 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 lastly, and, and vice versa. But not but in the uh, sky, yeah. Yeah. Not, in, not in the sky because like a fellow said to me one time, he said, I don't know what you're worried about. He said, sure, you can't go any further than the ground. You know. Well, no, but it is, a, it is a real fear that you have. Do you ever try hypnosis for that or anything? Yeah, sure. Some days I'm going around in the trends anyway, so it doesn't bother. Right. You know what I mean? Okay. No. Okay. Miss me, what I was with me about, Neil, is a totally different matter. Panda Power, who seized operation there nearly gone in two months ago now. Like, I have been talking to a few people uh, with the last few days that were on credit to Panda Power. Now, four people that I spoke to are combined credit with that we had was over a thousand shows between the four of us. Well, you're not supposed um, to get a refund. No, this is what I'm coming to. I phoned two weeks before Panda Power ceased an operation uh, on, on the, the electricity side of our business. They're still doing refuge, waste disposal. They're still doing that. But um, they taught me within three to four weeks, I'd have a bank draft sent out to me. No, that was six weeks ago. No sign. Their number, their number is no longer on operation for the, the, the electricity side of the business. So you have no way of contacting them. Now, I know, and as I said, there's four of us. I know one fella that's owed 500 euros. And it'll be handy money a, this side of Christmas or any time, wouldn't well, it? Well, there you go. There, there you go. Okay. That's what okay. that's Do you think there's a lot of people out there that are owed money back? Well, in the space of ten, in the space of ten miles, I had four people that were owed a thousand euros, and yeah. I guarantee you, there's, there's listeners around uh, listening to your now. Uh, that that that's owed a lot of money, but they're not taking calls. They're not, that part of the business no longer trades. So, where's the money? Let's find out if other people are also in the same predicament. Thank you both. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Mike. Like, should you talk about technology, the ever-facing change of tech? I was telling the story yesterday of an Indian lady who came over to Ireland and she landed in Cork and she loves it here and she says she's soon, slowly but surely getting to understand the Cork dialect and how we speak and maybe the speed that we speak at, because we are very unique when it comes to uh, our own accent and you know our own use of the English language, of kind of a, a sub-language all of our own. I only mention that again now, because talking about ever-changing technology, there's a pair of specs that you can now get, really funky-looking things. They're like sunglasses, for all, want of a better word. They're €450. Euro. And by all accounts, it's easily done. Um, it's a new pair of glasses that can rewind the chats that you have with people. Apparently, the specs are connected by cable to your mobile phone and the mobile phone microphone listens to the conversation with the person you're chatting with. And up on the screen, in front of your eye, in the lens, comes the text of the conversation. 
I mean, I think it's fantastic, should you wish to spend €450 on it. Um, So they are tiny little Sony television cameras in the lenses, apparently. Wouldn't it be a great... Wouldn't you love that now for a Christmas present? I was going to say, men around the world can rejoice, because finally when a woman says, remember that thing I told you there a couple of months ago, your man can say, yeah, I actually do, actually. Now I can use my glasses and I can go and read through the whole conversation. No, I (laughs) I have seen some crazy television programs where people can rewind real life. Did you see that? It was yeah. one of those TV shows. In your, there, there was an implant in their eye, apparently, and they could rewind. And I could look <sighs> again. I could look again at an event that happened last you, week or last month. Do you know? Yeah. Do you know those? Like, we all have those moments where you're just having a normal day and everything's fine, and then all of a sudden your brain decides to remember you, remind you of that time you did something really cringeworthy or you said something <laughs> really wrong to somebody. Yeah. Can imagine doing that, but as you do that, you actually go back and see the whole thing live again oh, and no, again and no. again. Some things you, you know, just don't want just to really Exactly. Like. There's some but, things are better left in but the with, past. The, with regards to these 450 euro specs, I wonder would they catch on in Cork because we speak at such a fast pace. It would be good for people learning English to come down here anyway. I always say to people, if you can learn English in Cork, you can learn it anywhere because <laughs> we speak a thousand miles an hour. Um, no, I, I, I suppose it, like, it would be very good in ways like do you know, if you're, um, like, particularly, I'd imagine the ability to translate text and put it to, to talk would be great for people who have hearing difficulties. Oh, that would that be a will huge work. thing yeah, for no, them. All that works. It's just um, an ever-changing technology that's coming available. You talk about the metaverse earlier on and stuff like but that. But you remember we had ads on this station only a few months ago, or maybe even weeks ago, about glasses where people can take photos with their glasses. And they were trying to tell everyone, look, it's okay, don't worry. Like You it's can fine. do that. Isn't that Google Glasses? It's Google Glasses. Yeah. And we were talking, like, that. That's a bit spooky. It just, I, I begin to wonder wearable technology. And when we were talking earlier about remote controls listening to what you're saying, Amazon listening to Alexa listening to everything you're saying, I, I, I just worry. Are, I get ads all the time then from conversations mm. I've had. Would you like to, what we do, where will we go on summer holidays? We go somewhere new. What about Turkey? What about Greece? Next day, then you're getting ads for Turkish holidays. <laughs> it's weird. So weird. I don't weird. like the idea. I, I mean, I don't really mind data in terms of like if I Google oh, search well, I mean, something. I think if people want my data, they should be paying me for it. Yeah, well, that's the, that's what one of your texters said earlier um, All right, okay, about about, about okay. data. But uh, okay. yeah, All right, um, interesting though. Definitely for the men, I think for the men in the world, uh, uh, it would solve an awful lot of arguments. I think. No, what we need, what men need, are glasses to tell you when women speak what they really mean. <laughs> It's I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I know. Um, but yeah, I think that would be a great <laughs> oh, thing. It would be better for everybody. All right, text 0868104106. Phone lines are open now. I just want to book in some calls for a five-star giveaway just ahead of the break and a couple of calls. So we got €10,000 worth of electricals that you can buy. Whatever you want, it's your choice. You just go down to Sound Store, Market Green Retail Park, €10 Euro behind the till for you to spend on whatever you want in the entire shop. The only caveat is you have to guess our five stars. So these are the five voices. You can try as often as you want. Phone lines are open, 0818 Have a listen to the five voices. These are five well-known individuals. I love Corks. Right. FM. Now, in the course of all of the guesses so far, three have been guessed correctly. I'm not telling you who just yet. Uh, that might change next week. I might tell you who the three guests are and the two outstanding ones, but two of them still remain unguessed. They have never been guessed. Have a listen again. I love Corks. Right. FM. So the challenge for you is to identify all five correctly in the correct order. Dial 081, 08, sorry, my apologies, 0818 
0818-104-106 and we'll take maybe half a dozen guesses so that's on the way The Neil Prendeville Show Cork's number one talk show Pure Cork on Red FM Neil's five star giveaway with Soundstore celebrating the opening of their new electrical superstore at Market Green Retail Park Middleton Alright so our five star giveaway continues let's get stuck right into this Siobhan is in y'all Siobhan good morning Morning, morning. All right, 10,000 euro to spend on anything you want in Soundstore Middle. Have a listen. I love Corks. Red FM. Okay, in the right order, give me the 10 and give me the 5 for 10 grand. Yeah, uh, Lewis Capaldi, Angela Lansbury, Graham Norton, Laura Whitmore, and Niall Horan. I have to tell you, the same three keep coming up now. Correct, correct, correct. The other two, incorrect. So, my apologies, okay. I have to give you a. No we have three. Aww. We need all five. Try again, Siobhan. Thank you. Orla's in Montanati. Good morning. Yes, I think. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Great, thank you. Have a listen. See if we can make a 10 grand richer. I love Corks. Right. Red FM. What would you do with the money, incidentally? Um, I'd probably uh, spend it on my parents, to be fair. Um, or I'd add some new furniture to the rent house I'm in, maybe. Yeah, well, you put in a new kitchen, for instance, get yourself a new big yeah, massive exactly. television screen, or whatever the case may be. They're yeah, all pieces of furniture these days. So. Okay, have a listen to this. Yeah. I love Corks. Right. FM. What do you think? Okay, so Jamie Jordan, Nadine Coyle, Eileen Dunn, Laura Whitmore, Niall Horan. Unfortunately, you're back to two. You got three. Oh, no. Wrong. <laughs> We need all five, but keep on trying. Thanks all the same. Let me go and talk to Anne and Corraheen. Anne, good morning. Good morning, Nigel. All right, everybody gets a chance to hear them, so here they are. I love Corks. Right, FM. All five. We know three. Let's see if you can add to the tally. Go on. Okay, Michael Flatley, Roy Keane, Angela Lansbury, Laura Whitmore, and Niall Horan. Nah, the same three keep coming up as right, but the Uh, other two are wrong, I'm afraid. Sorry about that. Thank Cheers, you. And one final one for now should see Paul in the city. Paul, good morning. Uh, good morning. All right, have a listen. I love Corks. Right. I love Corks, Red FM. All five voices for 10 grand. Go ahead. Niall Horn, Laura Whitmore, Chris Eubank, Gap Brooks, and Andrew Lansbury. Mm, the same three correct, but the other two, no sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks all the same, Paul. Thanks, Anne. Thanks, Orla. And thanks, Siobhan. I will do my best uh, to try and get another few on this side of midday. Wrong guesses so far include Lewis Capaldi, Graham Norton, Jamie Dornan, Nadine Coyle, Eileen Dunn, Michael Flatley, Roy Keane, Chris Eubank, Garth Brooks, Sinead Kennedy, John Creedon. All incorrect. Wonderful people in their own right. All well known. But they're not part of the five. These five. I love Corks. Right, FM. All right, we'll try and give it another blast between now and midday today. Back at, Oh, I can also say, uh, mark the date, lads. 17th of November. What time is it? I'm good to go, I think. 17th of uh, November, today's date. My first Christmas song. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818 Red FM. All right, lines open for all sorts of different business, including what I'm going to tell you in a couple of seconds' time. But if I can get another one or two guesses in for a five-star, I'll do my best, all right? 0818 But, oh, I love this text. Some says to me, so Cork City is being sold to a bathroom company, isn't it? Couldn't that be money down the drain? <laughs> I love the pun. But it also could mean that they could be flush 
with money. Uh, that's my comeback for you. So there you go. I'm sure there'll be other wisecracks like that. But I can't remember this time last year what date I actually played my first Christmas song. I can't even say with any amount of certainty that it was in the month of November, but I think it was. I had a battle going on at the time with Ray Foley as to who plays the first Christmas song and stuff like that. So it probably was sometime around now in November. But it's a great competition on at the moment, right? In association with Best Menswear. If you're listening to Breakfast, you'll have heard about this. They've teamed up. So caller 10, every time you hear one of the Red FM jocks or presenters talking about their favourite Christmas song, the song gets played. And call it 10 wins 500 euro to be spent at best menswear. It's as simple as that. I'm, I'm only mentioning that. There's nothing significant in it apart from the fact that... Good choice of song there, Rob Heffernan. The Pogues with Kirsty McCall, the fairy tale in New York. First Christmas song for me. Mark the date, 17th of November. Not a tree up, not a bit of tinsel, no Christmas cake baked, not a Christmas present bought. <laughs> Playing Christmas songs. Susan Healy's in Boeing. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Yeah. Have you a tree up? I'm doing well. No, not yet. No, All we'll right. wait till the 8th of December. Have you a present bought? <laughs> no. What's the significance of the 8th? The official it's start, the, is it? It's, it's, the, it's the official start and it's actually my da- one of my daughter's birthdays as well. All so right, okay. All a lot to look for. Her so have you got a man in your life? I do, I do. Okay, does he need a bit um, of clobber, do you be- think? Oh, yes, definitely, definitely. What's his name? <laughs> his name is Dennis. Well, will you please tell Dennis that you've just won a 500 euro voucher for best menswear in Maham Point, in fairness to you. <laughs> ah, that's brilliant. Thanks very much, Neil. He, he, that's brilliant. He will be well dressed for Christmas, thanks to you and best menswear. He will. That, that present sorted now. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> this is just an added gift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could just add to it. Yeah, we could keep exactly. it. We could, we could just keep it to ourselves and not tell anyone, and you could pretend that you bought exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> Can you just not put this out on the air? Oh, oh, <laughs> bit too late for that. But listen, an early happy Christmas to you and Dennis. Five hundred euro voucher for you. Well done.